What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies, and we are going to talk about the 2014 film starring Tom Cruise, you've seen the title, uh, called Edge of Tomorrow, or for a short while after it was released. Uh, Rob, I don't know if you know this, they actually changed the name of the movie to Live, Die, Repeat, um, and then like Edge of Tomorrow was like the subtitle for this movie and then now it's just switch back to to edge of tomorrow but i gotta tell you before we really get into this episode i totally like this movie feels like it came out forever ago like when i saw 2014 i was like i didn't think it was that long ago yeah i um i was kind of doing the same thing i was talking to somebody i work with about uh, that we're recording on this tonight and uh, he was relaying a story where it feels like this came out a long time ago, but also like very recent, like it's, I'll tell you what's really strange about this is I sat down to rewatch this earlier in the week and I really was like, I'm loving this. Mm -hmm. And it feels like this movie never gets talked about in any way at all. Like maybe part of that is just a function of Tom Cruise being a major movie star and, and he's been in like a, a lot of major hits, you know? So yeah. when people talk about his, his biggest work, it's going to be Top Gun. It's going to be the mission impossible series. It's going to be born on the 4th of July or, or any number of other mega hits of his. Uh, and this kind of fun little sci-fi, um, you know, just unique film um, that's an adapted screenplay of a, of a Japanese novel doesn't always get talked about the way that it probably should. But I, um, I was really excited when we decided to do this this week. Yeah, no, I was I, I, super excited. And the more I watch this, you know, we're certainly going to, I think, talk a lot about this film and I think probably, you know, put some pretty big praise on it. Uh, before we do though, I do want to let listeners know that we have another giveaway. We have several, uh, um, actually that we have right now for giveaways, but the one in particular that we're going to talk about with this episode is for a new movie called significant other and significant other listeners is out on home, uh, digital release. Now it stars Makaya Monroe and Jake Lacey in a twisted sci-fi thriller as a young couple on a remote hiking trip who sense they may not be alone. You can get it on digital now, and it is rated R from Paramount Pictures. So, listeners, what you're going to have to do is, in the show notes for this episode, you will see directions on how to be entered into uh, one of the five digital copies that we're going to be giving away. So, check the show notes for how you can enter for a digital copy, and make sure to listen to our other episodes that are posted, as we have more giveaways on those digital copies uh, Blu-ray, you know, physical Blu-ray copies as well uh, that we will be giving away at Matt Goes to the Movies. So thank you to the listeners of this episode and all of our other episodes at Matt Goes to the Movies. And thank you to Matt360, who is sponsoring this portion of the show to, you know, enable us to do these giveaways. So once again, folks, check out the show notes to do that. And, you know, Rob, we we talked about it. 2014, Tom Cruise one of the things that I noticed immediately, re, you know, rewatching this movie, um, which it's on HBO Max. So listeners, if this review makes you want to watch it or you're like, oh, geez, I've never even thought about that movie uh, and you have an HBO Max subscription or you 
know somebody that does <laughs> uh, check this movie out. It, I highly, highly recommend it. But again, this is one of those movies where it's similar to what we talked about with, you know, our, our Will Smith kind of marathon that we did. Uh, boy, y- you know, you see in this movie why Tom Cruise was and is such a major, a, a major star. Like he just oozes charisma in this movie. I think in a different way than a lot of the other things that you see him in. Uh, th- this is a, a unique movie. I certainly think it was unique when it first came out. Um, but to me, there's just something different about why he's appealing in this movie compared to things like maybe Mission Impossible or Top Gun Maverick, you know, and things of that nature. Yeah. So the opening is not at all what you'd expect, right? It's it's him kind mm-hmm. of in Jerry Maguire mode. Yeah. It's the charming uh, salesman kind of role that we see Tom Cruise in at times, not the, and if you'd only ever seen the trailers for this movie, you're expecting it to be the badass, you know, Ethan hunt version of Tom Cruise where, you know, he's kicking ass and shooting bad guys and stuff like that. And he starts off, he's, he's kind of a wuss, (laughs) you know, he's, he's not good at the war thing. And he's, he's the PR guy, like you said. Um, and, and it's, not at all the opening you'd expect. And I think that's a lot of why I love the opening of this movie. Um, you know, we were talking earlier in the week about, Hey, you know, what do we want to try to cover? What are some, some ideas of, of things to do or review on next? And we're scrolling through HBO Max's listing, which again, if you don't have HBO Max, um, you should have HBO Max because that's how you watch The Last of Us. And and if you need me to explain to you why you should be watching that, I just don't know what to tell you at this point. So I'm going to assume you have access to it and you should definitely go back and watch this movie if you've never seen it or if you haven't seen it in a while. You're probably sitting there going, yeah, that movie is really good. When is the last time I saw it? I feel like I should rewatch it. Yes, you should absolutely rewatch it um, because Tom, it's, it's primarily just uh, our two main characters, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And Tom Cruise is, is so good in so many things. And Emily Blunt is, she's definitely among, she's in the conversation for most talented actresses working right now. If it's not her, I I don't know who it is, who actually is the most talented. Um, I think it probably is her, but if you want to make a case for somebody else, I'll definitely listen, but she's part of that conversation. 100%. Yeah. I, I like her a lot in this movie and you know, one thing that I think it, you know, the the director for this movie is is Doug Lehman. And, you know, maybe not a lot of people know who that is, but I I did find it kind of funny that, you know, this is the guy who directed this movie because he has done swingers. He's done The Born Identity, which we reviewed Mr. and Mrs. Smith. American made uh, and all of these movies I actually like. And then he has what I think is like the one weird, like gaff in this list. And that's the movie jumper with Hayden Christensen. Um, hmm. And then he did like, he didn't direct anything from 2008 when he did jumper until this movie, he has no other directing credit. So I don't know if he was like, crap, I need to take a break. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what, like what did I do? Um, but I found it interesting to go back and actually see who did this and see his other work because the way that this movie is directed is incredibly strong. The way that it's shot 
I, I think is incredibly strong. There, there's a lot of really good designs, especially with the aliens, which we can get into. But there's so many really good things going for this. Minus Rob, I just want to get your thoughts on this because to me, it's very brief. When this movie did first start, though, I was kind of, and besides a couple of shots towards the middle, which I'll get your opinion on, uh, there's a couple of really bad kind of like green screen moments, especially where like Tom Cruise's character is talking in the beginning that I was like, oh, I don't remember this looking like I don't remember it looking this bad, but that like that quickly went away. But was it just me or did you kind of notice some of those things in the beginning of the movie where like the picture wasn't uh, as, as strong as it as it is as the movie progresses? You know, there might have been a moment when he's in the helicopter um, where I kind of noticed like something looked a little off. Um, you know, you mentioned the the quality of direction um, in general. I really agree. I think um, particularly one of the things that I think works well in this is the pacing. Um, you think about how this movie works and there really is a mystery. Like, what is it that's going on? We, the audience, are trying to unravel the mystery of this time loop Um and the obvious comparisons of this movie would be to something like Groundhog Day. This is not that movie. This is a very, very different movie um, that explores kind of a time loop in, in a unique way. Um, I, I particularly like the moment where, um, you know, Sergeant Rita, Emily Blunt's character, says to uh, Tom Cruise's character, um, you know, I think he's a private at that point, but Cage, you know, come find me when you wake up. At that point, I mean, the the hook is set and the movie is really pulling you in. Um, it, and what I really like, too, particularly when he's just kind of understanding this, the, the concept of the time loop, we don't have to rewatch more of his day than we need to. I think there's some really smart editing and decisions made about how much to show us and not make us rewatch him doing the same thing over and over and over again, enough to get the idea and the concept of what the rules are um, without it being boring. So I, I think there's, I think they made some perfect decisions with, with some of those, um, some of the things that they did with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was one thing that I really did enjoy about this movie was they give you like, they spend just enough time on him, you know, resetting every time he dies um, and, and getting more and more knowledge. I did think they spent like the perfect amount of time on that segment and they, you know, they changed it up just enough in between each thing where, you know, whether it was him saying a line before somebody else said it or showing a little bit further of a step where he died um, or just like the abrupt cut of, you know, wake up, man, like, they just they nailed that part perfectly where it never felt, you know, repetitive. Uh, but again, it gave you the idea of what is happening. Um, also, too, because this movie could have been frustrating, yes. right? As a viewer, you could have been frustrated as a viewer. And and as I'm watching this, I'm just thinking about it in video game terms. I mean, how many times have you been trying to make that one stupid jump that just you can't get the guy to go over the ledge mm -hmm. and, and it's over and over and over again. And eventually, not only are you screwing up at that point, but you're so frustrated that the jump before the bad jump, you start screwing up because you're just that frustrated. Yep. You know, like you could I started thinking about it in video game terms. 
and and at no point did I feel like I was frustrated watching him go through this. Yeah, no, I did not feel like that at all. Um, you know, a movie that doesn't also too, um, you know, doesn't have a lot of humor or anything like that. There is, I, I think there is that one part where he first starts like his training. And I do think that's funny when he tries to ask Emily Blunt's character, like if he could pass it along to her and, you know, his mannerisms, like he's like, well, have you tried? And he kind of like shakes his arms and like pumps them. And she's like, you mean sex? Yeah. Yeah. I've tried that. Well, how many times? <laughs> like, like that was funny. Like, but the training montage in general is pretty Yeah, funny. you know, but they don't, again, they don't make anything, like, nothing was creepy about that, like, nothing, like, the, the story and the direction, like you said, the pacing in this is all very well done. Like, this is a movie that really just, in my sense, flies by, but not, like, it's not too quick. It just it feels like they told what they need to tell in this time frame. Like this really is a movie, you know, and I'll compare it to I just went and saw um, Avatar The Way of the Water. And while I actually really like that movie, I think it's better than the first. Visually, it is out of this world. It absolutely does not have to be three hours long where this movie feels like yeah, you did exactly like it doesn't feel like you cut it to get more run times. It doesn't feel like you made it longer for no reason. Like to me, this is a perfectly paced movie. And where it really stood out to me um, that this is a perfectly paced movie is I had to split my um, my recent watch of this into like three different sessions just because of stuff I had going on. That was kind of the time that I had to allocate to it. Um, and it was I actually was like, like upset because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to finish it. Like I was like, no, I, I want to get back to this. It was kind of annoying that I had to stop and turn it off and go take care of, you know, something fairly responsible in my life um, as opposed to being able to just sit and watch it. Cause I really wanted to just sit and get this the whole way through. Um, there's so much that feels earned the way that the movie progresses. It, is of incredibly effective. And as, as we see cage kind of level up, let's say to use another video game analogy, when he really learns how to kick ass in the mech suit, you know, he gets a little bit better with each time he resets. Um, it's, it's really good. And the, the, just the pacing of that again is, is so well done. The fight scenes are really pretty cool. And I would say uh, credit to the VFX team to not distract us from the action of between what was practical and what was uh, digitized. Um, it's, it's just really well done and it just keeps drawing you in and in and in. I also want to make a special point. Wow. The continuity, uh, the, the amount of attention to detail they'd have mm-hmm. to that to make sure that, this guy's face was, you know, or the, um, the, the way that the, the face shield breaks, you know, doing it the same way. Every time Bill Paxton walks in, which by the way, he is just Bill Paxtoning all over this yeah. movie. I mean, this is peak Paxton. This really is. Um, this is, this is him. If you tried to, if you needed to show somebody a movie to be like, what was Bill Paxton's movie career? Like, I think yep. you could, you could show him just this character and get a general idea. Uh, it's either that or in aliens when he's like, game over, man. <laughs> yep. game over. Yeah. It's, it's probably those two. Yeah, you, or, or like, again, you, you could put clips 
And if it wasn't for the outfit of like Predator 2 alien, like you, you would think he's almost the same character in like, is this all one movie? Is this all like, is this different shots of him? But, um, it works like it, that's, it's, it's him. It works. Um, the only thing that I will say about the continuity is because most of it is a hundred percent top notch. There were a couple of scenes to me, um, right before they, they get to like, uh, where they're going to attempt to get to the vehicles again. There were a couple of scenes where like Tom looked like Tom Cruise looked a little different. Um, almost like they had to do reshoots for like some of those middle scenes. Um, but in terms of like where everything is placed on the screen, like everything is right back in its original spot. But there was, there were a couple scenes where I was like, is this a reshoot? He looked like he looked different, like a different hairstyle. Um, than than what I thought he looked in the, the other parts of the movie, but that's a small little thing. There's, um, some really cool moments as he continues to learn and get better the choreographed dance that he goes mm. on throughout his day. It is so cool. I'm thinking particularly the moment where he and uh, Sergeant Rita are breaking into the one compound and he's like, okay, two steps left. And then he like spins her around and back and forth. And what was really cool is when you realize that you, the audience, you're never really sure if you're watching this is him going through it for the first time or the 50th mm-hmm. time. I'm never positive uh, how many times he's made it that far. And it's really effective. And and again, as you think about kind of the mystery and the intrigue that this builds, it just draws you in that much deeper. Um, so again, yeah, pacing, the the way it's shot, the way it's performed, uh, way it's directed and edited together, um, really a lot to a, a, a lot of things work together to make this a really cool movie because this could actually be kind of dumb. Right. So if you think about the general concept, yeah. it's a time loop controlled by an alien Omega. And when you put it together this way, I mean, this could have been like a straight to sci-fi channel kind of, or, or one of those movies that streams on one of like the free streaming services like Tubi or, or crackle or any of those other ones that are free and are mostly terrible where, you know, where there's things like Velocipaster. I think Matt, you and I have both seen that. And I I actually turned it off. It's one of the few movies I've ever turned off in my life. The general concept could, you know, what's funny is I actually just had a friend who sent a link and copied me and a couple other people. Um, it was like, this is the next thing that we have to go see because, uh, we all went to see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And I was like, it was Velocipaster. And I said, the funny thing is, is you think I haven't seen this. It's what I nominated for an Oscar. Like, (laughs) but it's, that's the second time that I've heard that movie today, which is funny. Oh Um, God. Yeah. I mean, this, this concept easily could have been in that realm and yet all the decisions that went together into making this movie well, be, just 100 because click. also too they take you know a lot of the times with those movies they do not take time or money and spend it on you know sets design of the creatures even the mech suits you know things like that like there's a budget involved in this and and that that helps um that this movie looks visually appealing as well because not that I don't like, I like the story. And again, like I think, you know, both Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt do an amazing job uh, in this movie, but 
if this movie looked like crap, it would be very easy to not see those things and, and just like, you know, just be attached to the screen going, uh, you know, I, I mean, with the new Indiana Jones coming out, I think of kingdom and the crystal skull of, you know, think about how that movie starts off. And for me, do yes. I have to <laughs> like for me though, that movie lost me in those opening minutes because it looked so terrible. Like I could not focus on anything else other than did you like, did anybody actually look at what this final product looks like? Like there's, there's actually a really good reason why that movie looks so ooh. terrible. What? Because, because it, oh, okay. Just common sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, but it yeah, just is terrible. That's why. But it yeah. That to way. me that, that <laughs> took me out of that movie immediately. And I, I really had a hard time recovering from that opening scene. Like I really, <laughs> like I really did. I, I had a hard time recovering from watching right. it in general. <laughs> so, you know, I think the fact that they did, you know, again, the production is good. The, you know, again, the, the design of, you know, the aliens, they call them mimics uh, in this world. And there's alpha, you know, an alpha and omega and things like that. There's different varying, you know, kinds, uh, even those designs, like I, I really do like the designs of the mimics in this. I thought those were really well done. Yeah, they feel fresh. They don't feel like things we've seen before, but they still feel like it's grounded in something that works. Um, the 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 sci-fi elements of this feel grounded. It feels like it could work. The storytelling and the way that things are accepted a certain way works and feels like, okay, this this I don't have to take too big of a leap of faith to come with you on this. I, I'm willing to meet the movie where it where it's bringing to me. So I you don't have to. I guess, you know, give up your suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. too much. Um, but yeah, the the aliens do look great. And I think they show them as much as you need yeah. to see them. But they're still intimidating. I mean, they're still a real threat. And what's interesting. So, you know, as as uh, Cage gets taken out, like we really believe that these are as dangerous and as much of a threat to the survival of the species as you can imagine. But then as he continues to learn, like eventually you think, okay, he's going to figure out a way to get through this because he's got infinite lives, right. right? I mean, he's got the super Konami code, really. He's, he's got as many lives as he needs to. And what the movie does really, really well, I, I you don't start feeling overly confident for him because you're still trying to see how he and, and Sergeant Rita are going to figure this out together. Um, and then he loses the ability to reset the day. And when that moment happens, it really increases the tension and it's the perfect moment in the screenplay Yeah, for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's timed so well. Yeah, and you know the thing too. Again, because there's there's movies that have done things like this, but you know, but when you know he finds out that you know you can lose that, and you know, make sure that if you get hurt, you're dead. Like, do not let like if you're hurt, you have to make sure that you're dead on the battlefield. Like, you can't you can't be hurt and survive. And you know, we see him like during training, she kills him many times to to restart the loop um but it doesn't f- like you don't feel like oh here we go like they've done something so now he does like the tension is actually there instead of being like 
uh, of course they're going to get, it doesn't feel forced, which, which was really impressive to me that, you know, Oh no, like there were, you know, and I remember watching this, you know, watching this again, like thinking back to the first time I saw it where I was like, are they going to win? Like, I wonder what, like, I find myself going, what's going to happen here? Like, maybe this doesn't turn out well. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's obvious answers because he tries and tries and tries and they try so many things. Obviously, she's tried and tried so many things and has yet to figure out a way to do it. And even with an infinite number of times, the movie still creates doubt that they'll ever figure out a way through because they're still confined by what they can actually accomplish. And even though he's got infinite number of times right. to figure out how to get out, you know, he does the push-ups and, and squeezes out that way. Um, it, it's uh, it's still, there's not a guarantee. Um, so I would say just the way that it, it still creates that, that level of danger, even when he can reset the day, it still is effective. Yeah. I mean, even to me, the ending Still doesn't, and I am surprised. Like I know they, they, she, Emily Blunt just recently talked about this, and she thinks it's too expensive to to get a sequel. You know, this is one of the movies that I'm surprised didn't get one. Um, because I I think there's a lot there that you could still exp- like expand upon. Oh, plenty. Um, I I would, you'd have to play around with it because we've already seen this movie once, so to do a sequel, what would you do to make it compelling? You know, what are some things that could, could there be two people whose paths work that way? They both get splattered with the alpha blood at the same time. And now there there would have to be some kind of twist that changes the rules in a new and compelling way. Otherwise you're just giving us the first movie all over again. And I'm not sure how effective that would be. So they would have to do something, but if I found out that there, you know, if I go to see Ant-Man and Quantumania here in a couple of days and uh, and they've got a trailer for this or, or sometime in the future and it's a sequel to it I'm, and, it, and it presents itself in a unique way, like I'm a hundred as long as the original cast and the filmmakers are coming back. Yeah, uh, I'm into that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I would definitely be into, you know, definitely be into that, Um, you know, and I do like. I I do think too the one thing that I really do like about this movie is the fact that for the most part, they're both, you know, both characters are dedicated to the mission. I I, I did like that. Um, You know, you get a little bit, but I, I did like the fact that it really was, we have to figure out a way to get this done Um, where we didn't get into too much of the, Oh my God, we love each other. Um, I, I did. I appreciated that. Yeah. So if I'm going to have one complaint about this movie towards the end, when they realize, and they even have the line, I think it's uh, uh, Rita says to him, we were never going to get out of this alive together. Like they're, they're acknowledging that they're on a suicide mission and they have this moment where she leans in to kiss him. I could have done without that. I didn't, I didn't need that. I didn't really feel maybe you disagree, Matt, but I didn't really feel like that had been set up. Well, it felt like that was the one thing of this movie that was a little bit unearned. 
And maybe there were hints from the 300 times he tried stuff where maybe there was an attraction to one another where he knows information that she shared with him in previous loops or resets of the day. Um, I, but they really, to me felt more like colleagues and fellow soldiers and combatants. I didn't really feel like at any point that there was a romantic interest from either of them. Maybe it happened in scenes that we never saw as he tried different things, but to me it felt a little unearned. I didn't, I didn't feel like, Oh yeah, they're going to kiss. And then if they get out of this, they'll be together forever. Like I, that's my one real complaint about this movie. You know, I, I feel like I just, I'm getting to the point where in these movies, I've never been in a situation and Rob, if you have, please chime in. Um, you know, I've never been in one of these situations and I'm kind of wondering where, cause we've talked about this before where it's like, Oh, this is like these two characters get together. I'm wondering if it's just inevitable. Like, you're in a life or death situation. You don't think you're going to make it like, I don't know. Why wouldn't you sneak a kiss? Like, I'm wondering if that's just like <laughs> how life would work. It's like, listen, I'm covered in blood. You're covered in blood. Some of it's mine. Yeah. Like, so I, like, I'm just wondering, like, yeah, I wonder if that would just be real life. Like if a zombie apocalypse started, it would just be like, well, we're getting hit by a swarm. Like, Okay. <laughs> like nothing right yeah exactly i don't know but go out you with know i i feel like it's easier for me to forgive it when there's chemistry between the two characters because i think the times where i hate it the most is when no matter like the, the characters on screen just don't have chemistry in any way shape or form i, I feel like it's easier yeah. for me to forgive when the two main stars have chemistry yeah, and I, I'll come with you 100% on that, but I guess the one thing that I will say is I I like movies where there's a male and a female lead and they don't have True. to necessarily yeah. have a romantic connection for us to be able to enjoy them as characters and for us to be invested in their non-romantic relationship. Yeah, no, I mean, what I, I'd prefer to get one of those where it's just like, yeah, it's just two people, like, that that is um but uh rob i'm actually um like i actually just looked and actually this well actually oh no we're in 2023 my god uh yeah, right happened? yeah and <laughs> so in february of last year though um they did say that they were working on developing a television spin-off um that would release on HBO max. Hmm. So maybe like a TV adaption that's inspired by the film, but not necessarily the same. Yeah, because there is, they did that. talk about, you know, um, the, the director said that it would be called live, die, repeat and repeat. Um, and it would be a sequel that is also a prequel um, and that Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise both wanted to do it and then just scheduling and everything had gone. And then, yeah, um, then COVID hit. And during that time is when they were really starting to ramp up talking about like, okay, we've, you know, we've got a script, we have some things ready to go. And then, 
you know, it was just like, eh, this might be really expensive to do here with COVID. So um, COVID might have killed the sequel for this movie. Among other things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you know, we've kind of talked about this in other episodes. It's almost impossible to calculate the. I, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything here that's not going to be obvious, but yes, the the long-term effects on our society from the COVID-19 pandemic is certainly incalculable, but on even like specific industries like the entertainment industry and the way that they had to change how they shot things, the things that got greenlit compared to the things that got canceled, the way that they had to make movies, the compromises they had to make to even be able to get the film shot. Um, there, there's just so many things that will we'll never truly know the complete impact of it. But yeah, I'm sure there are projects that we would have all loved to have been able to see that we're not able to come to fruition as a result of it. But who knows what person was stuck in his bedroom Mm -hmm. thinking about how much he would like to make star Wars, you know, uh, uh, content and decided to talk into the bottom of his phone and make a podcast that turned into something lots of people enjoy and turned into more stuff. So there's, it, it gave and it took away. Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and you know, it's, I, with everything that did happen during that, it is very minuscule to, to talk about movies that didn't get made, but we're talking about movies. So that's what we're doing. You know, yeah, we're, we're focusing <laughs> on the fun stuff. Yeah. Obviously there's, there's, you know, people lost lives, people lost loved ones, people lost their businesses. Uh, you know, things will never be the same ever again. Those are obviously terrible, terrible things that, like obviously they are, but even beyond that, to think about some of the things that didn't happen, um, you know, you can kind of get sort of bummed out if you think about, wow, that would have been cool if that project would have come to fruition. Right. Exactly. So, you know, Rob, I'll, I'm going to let you take it away. Are there there any other topics that you want to, you know, that you want to kind of brush up on about, you know, other scenes in this movie or things that you enjoyed or, or maybe a couple of things that you didn't enjoy if there was any. So when it comes to action scenes, I love when people get super creative and show me stuff that I haven't seen before, haven't seen very often. And a car chase scene where you've got a camper attached to the back of it is just really that was fun. fun. That's that's different. I kind of I kind of like that. So um, I, I don't know how many times I've actually seen that in a movie before. I think this might be the first time, you know, in a movie that I can remember. And I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So, yeah, give me all of that. Um, and I felt like the way that the destruction of it, mm. like the the practical effects on that were really pretty cool. Everything felt very real and believable. Um, and again, as as Cage continues to level up, he he goes from being unable to figure out how to turn the safety off on his mech suit to being a very capable warrior by the time he's gotten taken out and, and reset his day two or 300 times by that point. That's really, I think it's a really interesting way to show character progression um, to, to do it that way. And it was really effective at, at that. Yeah, it, it really was. I, I did like how he, I'll just, uh, you know, copy what you said, how he leveled up during the film. Like each time he reset, he had a little bit more. I, I, I did like how they did that. I, I thought that was incredibly well done. For so sure. kind of makes me wish I had the ability to reset. Like if you ever have a really awkward conversation, you're like, I really wish I could do that all over again. Just boom. Reset. Right? That day. Ex- yeah, exactly. What a try. What a power again. that would be. 
<laughs> but but if you could do it without having to right, die, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> that would be that would be yeah. Fingers uh, fingers crossed. That <laughs> right, that would be the key. You know, and it, it, it's funny because I, I do feel the same way too, Rob. It's you know how you mentioned this earlier with you know ah, it doesn't feel like a lot of people you know talk about this, but the people that do, it, you know, just going and looking. You know, this has a 7.9 on IMDb. It's 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, the people who do talk about this movie, it is, even with critics, like, it's very well liked. But it it does feel like one of those movies that is just, you know, kind of like lost in the shuffle, so to speak. Yeah, there's there's not anyone that's that we'll talk about this as like one of their 10 favorite movies of all time. I don't even know a lot of people that would say this is in their 10 favorite sci-fi movies of all time, or even 10 favorite Tom Cruise movies. Cause he's, you know, a very prolific actor who's been in a lot of stuff. And I think that's kind of a bummer. I, you know, we were, we were talking about what to do. And uh, as we kind of were scrolling through and we we're like, Oh, edge of tomorrow. We both immediately had that same response. Like, Oh yeah, let's rewatch that. That'll be great. There won't ever be a time where someone says, Hey, do you want to watch this? And you're like, nah, I'll pass. Um, it's, it's kind of funny to me that this one just sort of, I don't want to say disappeared to history, but uh, you don't, you don't think about it a lot. It's not like there's a ton of quotable lines right. from this or anything. Um, I think sometimes that helps keep, keep a movie just sort of culturally relevant, I, but it's, it's a great time to watch. It's super enjoyable. And there's never a moment where it just drags and you're like, okay, let's move yeah, on. Yeah. I wonder sometimes too, kind of like looking, I wonder if this maybe got lost in the shuffle for him too, because his other sci-fi movie oblivion came out less than a year before the way that uh, oblivion and uh edge of tomorrow came out in theaters They're, they were less than a year apart um and i know oblivion wasn't as well reviewed as this one and and i sometimes wonder if like maybe people kind of like lump these two movies together and like forget about this like and maybe forget about this one And I think if you had to ask people, hey, just off the top of your head, name me a sci-fi movie with Tom Cruise. I think if you ask 10 people, at least nine of them will mention Minority Report before they get to Yeah, I I think that might be... uh, Yeah, I I think you might be 100% right. If not 10 out of 10. I think you might be right on that. And I I love Minority Report, so I would, you know, love for people to mention that movie. But yeah, I, I, you know, I feel like, yeah, this this kind of one that is uh, under the radar, so to speak, and and hopefully this review gets more people to to want to watch it if you haven't watched it because it is yeah if you haven't watched it watch it if you haven't seen it in a while like pull up your HBO Max account and watch it again and you'd be like oh yeah I should I'm glad I did that why have I waited this long to rewatch this yeah movie? no it it definitely you know again it's an example of why you know Tom Cruise is a star why he was you know so big um as a box office draw and notably so he has come back with a vengeance so to speak um you know he his his movie career almost lived died and then repeated um (laughs) like in terms of coming back with like the later mission impossible movies um you know top gun maverick just out selling all expectations um 
you know, he, he really did. It's, it's rare that you see that. Cause you know, the guy that we just reviewed, Will Smith, his movies do not make what they used to anymore. It doesn't matter what he's in. Um, but you know, Tom Cruise, like how many movies can you say they get better as they went on? Like after mission impossible three, which was not highly regarded, the next mission impossible movies all were rated better than the last ones. They all made more money than the last one. Um, you know, it's, it's a rare thing where his, his stock has, you know, gone back up, so to speak. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember what all projects he did during that period of time between the third, you know, mission impossible movie, which you're right, was not very good. It's of the whole series. You'll be hard pressed to find anyone that says that one's their favorite. I don't really remember a lot about it, except I remember turning it off going, uh, uh, why? <laughs> Literally like, but it's yeah. But like, wait, um, why? Right. <laughs> you know, without pulling up his, his, uh, complete filmography, you know, uh, list of work and things like that. The, God, you know, you start thinking about like, just even, even his top 10 mm-hmm. is probably the films that are hit between his top 20 and top 10 movies are like hall of fame level performances and, and kinds of films that a lot of other working actors who are good actors would wish they could have had his, his 20th best film through his 10th best film. Yeah. I mean, let's, I mean, here's just naming some of them. Like this is incredible. Okay. So you have top gun, top gun, Maverick mission, impossible, the move, you know, mission, impossible movies, Jack Reacher, Edge of Tomorrow, Risky Business, Vanilla Sky, Eyes Wide Shut, Interview with a Vampire, Jerry Maguire, War of the Worlds, Rain Man, The Last Samurai, Collateral, Cocktails, uh, you know. Oh, Collateral's good. That's another one that I don't think enough people have seen. Jamie Foxx is fantastic in Um, A Few Good Men. Like, it's just... I think you even missed. Days yeah, of da- yeah, that's that's coming down on the list as I'm like scrolling through oh. like <laughs> Days of Thunder, Rock of Ages, Valkyrie, Oblivion, The Firm, oh, Young good, yeah. Guns. Like it, it just goes on and on and on. And I don't care what anybody says. His role in Tropic Thunder is freaking hysterical. Like <laughs> it, it's. He has so like you said, I mean, there are probably people that are like, I, I will take your frickin worst movie as my best like for this guy. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why it doesn't. And, and look, I think there's a, his involvement with Scientology sometimes turns people off. I think some of his personal life things you know him jumping on the couch on oprah people thought well, what the heck is this guy about he has re- you know I, I don't pay attention a he lot has recovered from you know what i mean like he definitely oh, has yeah. recovered from that because for a very long time yeah there was like oof okay stay away from that guy so to speak but um yeah it's it's amazing how you know his his career is still it, it's so relevant um and just from an aspect alone of what this guy does, um, geez, how do you not respect his dedication to the craft? 
I mean, this guy has broken bones doing stunts. It's it's unbelievable the things that he does to have his movies feel real. I mean, you've seen that picture of him sitting on top of the Burj Khalifa, yeah. right? Where it's the tallest building in the world, and he's just sitting there on top, smiling like, "Hey, hey. yeah, <laughs> Tom, typical Tom Cruise day." Like, <laughs> there's maybe. 25 people in the entire world that would be willing to smile for that picture. The rest of, you know, the other 4 billion people on this planet would just be, Nope, I'm going to sit here with a big bucket. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, yeah, no, I I mean what it's, it's really cool to see. Like I, it's fun to go back, watch some of his older stuff, um, you know, and just kind of see him still in the limelight, so to speak. Um, cause at his best, he's an incredibly talented, charming guy. <laughs> like he just he's just is like he's one of those people that there's not as many of them as there were. But, you know, when people talked about star power, you know, that's one of the names that you mention. Yeah, you think about the number of actors who have been able to be a marquee talent that can open a movie on name alone for the number of years that he's been able to do it. I don't know how many other actors you could say, you know, we talked about Will Smith a little bit. Right now, he can open a movie on his name alone, but it doesn't have the same value it once did maybe in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, maybe even later than that, there was definitely a period where Will Smith, I think was probably the biggest star in Hollywood and fallen off a little bit. But if, if I think just Tom attaching his name to a project automatically adds a cash to it that um, for the period of time that he's been able to do it, I'm not sure there's another actor you can say that about. Yeah, no. And I, I'm going to make the comparison because they're, they're just talking about this and um, I, I think it's pretty relevant you know, again, let's look at Top Gun Maverick for all intents purposes. Yes, the first one made a lot of money. It really did. Um, however. This movie, Top Gun Maverick, for all intents purposes, should not have worked as well as it did. It should not have made as much money as it did. One point four billion dollars. Just incredible reviews. People love it. Highest grossing movie. Um, but it came out 30 years after the original. Now, granted, it would have came out a little bit sooner because of COVID. But this movie makes, and we're, you know, we're just talking about bankable stars. Rob, with the announcement of I Am Legend 2 with Michael B. Jordan and Will Smith, which, oddly enough, they're going to use the alternate ending as canon to set up the sequel. Um, do you ever foresee that movie making $1.4 billion? I don't. No. I don't see no. it making a nope. billion dollars worldwide. No. Um, th- and those are two incredibly bankable stars. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's star is certainly rising after his work in the Black Panther series. And I think with Creed, he's certainly, um, if people didn't know him from right. other things, I think that's really got him out there. I don't see uh, unless it redefines the horror right. genre in survival horror genre uh, in ways that we've never seen. 
it's it's not cracking three quarters. No, I, I just I don't think so. And again, at one point, Will Smith was the most bankable star on the planet. And I don't like I, I don't think that movie is going to even come close to what Top Gun Maverick was able to do. So I think it just shows how relevant Tom Cruise has has stayed reg- regardless yeah. of, again, some of his things that kind of put him in a bad light with the the public eye for a little while. So, but that's just a little, you know, uh, a comparison. So Rob, any other things that you want to, um, you know, talk about here before we, we brush up on the, the end of this movie? No. All right. Well, we're going to go to popcorn time. We're going to rate this movie out of five buckets and for star power, creature design, set design, the uniqueness, um, chemistry between the main actors. Honestly, I give this five buckets. I had my, you know, I, I had a couple things with like the CGI in the beginning. Um, I loved every second of this movie. I had forgotten how much I actually really enjoyed this movie, but it was coming back to me as I was watching it going. Yeah. I loved this movie when I first saw it. Um, kind of disappointed that it took me this long to watch it you know, to watch it again. Uh, but this is a five bucket movie for me. It, it perfect pacing, great casting, just a, a heck of a fun time in, in every sense of the word. I had a blast rewatching this. Yeah, it's five buckets easily for me, and I never had to think about it twice um, at all. I, the only thing about this movie that I think wasn't a slam dunk was like I mentioned before, I'm not sold on the the kiss. I just right. I felt like the movie would have been just as good, if not better, without it. I'm not sure what it added. I love the pacing. I love every moment of this movie, the way that it draws you in further. It's really I don't want to say it's almost a perfect movie, but wow, there's there's so many decisions that were executed at 100 percent. So five out of five buckets easily. For yeah, me. A- a- absolutely. I-, I think this was this was so fun to go back and visit. So uh, speaking of visiting, though, um, Rob, you're going to be a little tied up. We're still planning on on doing The Last of Us, but you're you're going to be on a little bit of a trip. Um, why don't we just close this? Why don't yeah. we just close this out with a, a little bit of a personal story? You're going to be gone for a little bit. Yeah, so uh, we will be taking a family vacation to Disney for the first time. So I'm really excited about that. Um, looking forward to it. It's been a long time since I've been there. So we're flying uh, on Sunday. I will still find a way to watch the show. Uh, I will definitely not miss it. There's, <laughs> there's no way I will miss it. I will find a way. I, I might end up watching it on my phone, like in another room away from the kids. (laughs) Uh, So I'm not going to miss that because I'm not going to go a whole week and not see it because like, I'll just be losing my mind. Uh, I'm hoping to be able to uh, record something uh, for the show, for our recap. Uh, Not sure exactly logistically how that's going to work, but uh, listeners, if you've been following along to our uh, breakdowns and reviews of The Last of Us, which you should be because you should definitely be watching that show and you should definitely listen to our recaps afterwards. uh, At some point, you will get our thoughts, uh, either Matt solo or or possibly I might be able to jump on and and do a quick recap or maybe just record myself and send it in uh, to be added in in post-production through the magic of editing. We'll still be able to have that for you this week. 
there's no way I could avoid the avoid watching it, regardless of what I have going on. It's just it's just that big of a show right now. It's everywhere. It's everybody you know is talking about it uh, if they're not watching it already. So. Yeah, I, I'm definitely checking that out. Yeah, um, I can't wait because that show has been amazing. Um, I even have people that I work with that have finally actually got through the entire thing. They have never played the game. They are not video game people. And they're just like, I'm hooked now. Like now I know every Sunday what I'm doing. So it's. Yeah, I saw something uh on, on social media, it was something along the lines of HBO figured out that some of us like to feel sad at 10 p.m. Right. on a Sunday night. Because <laughs> if you look back, I mean, that 10 p.m. on Sunday was kind of when a lot of this stuff hit. Uh, I think usually like nine or 10 is when Game of Thrones yep. would launch. This this comes out at nine on Sundays. They've had some of their other stuff. I think The Walking Dead was was usually 10 o'clock on Sunday nights. Obviously, that wasn't on HBO, but that just seems to be the sweet yeah, spot. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, we'll continue to bring you our reviews of the last of us and then we are going to overlap with the mandalorian so we're going to be having a heavy dose of pedro pascal coming up here on the show uh and we're still bringing a lot of other reviews which i look forward to hopefully maybe soon another rob's review um so which by the way rob will hear this for the first time as i'm telling listeners uh the minions review besides the last of us has become the number one downloaded episode at Matt goes to the movies. Oh, so wow. that just, that took over uh, the number ones. The, the last of us is by far. It's, it's so far ahead of every other episode that we do um, that it's like its own separate category. But um, yes, minions is the number one downloaded episode now. Um uh, on on Matt goes to the movies, so a lot of people are awesome. liking that one. So, yeah. So if you're into that, uh, that's with my oldest daughter Lillian. Uh, she also jumped on with me. We did a review of Lyle Lyle Crocodile, which was a surprise hit for me last year, and it's currently streaming on Netflix. So you can check that out over there. And uh, yeah, lots of other fun stuff. Um, we submitted recently. Uh, it's been up and available now. Uh, my brother, Eric and I, who's my normal co-host when I do my, my tiny little piece of bandwidth that, uh, that I take up on the internet for, for the Rob's reviews show, uh, for Goldeneye, since that just recently released, uh, as a re-release on Nintendo switch and Xbox game pass, we wanted to go back and rewatch the film that started it. And I, it doesn't hold up the way you remember it, but it's still, the nostalgia carries it through, but if you're someone like Matt that doesn't had never seen it mm. before and has none of that nostalgia to carry you through, you're probably going to hate it. But uh, we enjoyed rewatching it, and I hope you'll enjoy checking out our recap of it on Matt goes. Yeah, I, I certainly enjoyed that. I certainly enjoyed that review. It did make me go through and watch all four of the Pierce Brosnan movies. Um, might be something I go back because I don't know. I, I was watching them while I was kind of you know laying down maybe going to sleep. So um, might be worth rewatching um, just to kind of see if I have a different opinion on them, but um, that would be for another time. So listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. It was a lot of fun rewatching this. And if you like this episode and want to stay up to date, please subscribe to the Facebook channel, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, we are on 
all social media platforms, YouTube, and you can email the show at mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you want us to review, what you thought of reviews, and get entered into giveaways. We are giving away lots of stuff still at Matt Goes to the Movies. So thank you very much for joining us for this episode, and we will catch you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.